101FM management wish to advise that the opinions and comments stated on this program are not to be considered as endorsed by Radio Logan Incorporated. Broadcasting live from our Logan Central studios, this is 101FM. The following business program is general in nature and is provided as entertainment. It should not be considered advice. Business Tribe, Tribe. welcome back to your home for business on the FM dial. Monday night is Business Night, and it's time for the Business 101 Show. Broadcasting live from Logan's 101 FM studios in Logan Central. Here are your hosts... Business Coach Nikki, Digital Coach Carrie, and Logan's own Mal West. Very good evening. Welcome to the Business 101 show on a Monday night in studio. Coach Carrie, good day. Hey, Mal, how you going? Doing exceptionally well, and uh, through the magic of technology, all the way from the Philippines, Coach Nikki. That's a very special show tonight because it's a very special week indeed. And of course, I'm talking about St. Patrick's Day coming up on Thursday. It's a great time of the year to be out at a local pub. Sadly, that's not me because I am here in the Philippines. But uh, guys, you're going to have to have a beer at your favourite local Irish for me this week. And of course, uh, well, it is uh, St. Patrick's Day a little bit later in the week. So uh, all our songs... What was that, Mel? St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> you guys and your well, accents, I tell you. Well, I'm married to an Italian Irish lady, and uh, there are a lot of Irish people in our city, so it will be a festive time. And couldn't we all use just a little bit of festivity just quietly after, you know, the, I would say it's a horrendous start to the year, but anyway, I'm not getting down or anything. But, uh, hey, you, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, guys, of course. Something really, uh, s- yep. I was Go. just going to say quickly, uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day, all their songs are, are Irish uh, artists. So, uh, people and you've gone know. with a the theme now. You know, I love a good theme when you've it comes to Gone with the songs. theme. And of course, uh, St. Patrick's Day, Guinness, got to love it. Love it. Hey, how's your week been? What are you grateful for this week? Who wants to start us? Um, I'm just going to be, uh, I'm just going to say this is something you know, I'm grateful for because. Um, I'm actually going out, uh, taking my partner with me, and uh, Tammy and I are going to see Brian Cadd, Glenn Shirek, some Aussie legends, 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 Thursday night. It is going to be a a cracker of a great show. So uh, I've seen them once before together. That's just, I'm thankful for the opportunity that they're coming to town and and I'm not working on that night. So it's great. Fantastic. I had... That's um, great. For me, it, uh, what am I grateful for? Being able to spend time with friends and family yesterday was pretty fantastic. I've had a change in work uh, scenarios, so things are a little bit uh, different for me now, which is great, so I get to take advantage of it. Well, anyway, we're going to talk more about that in depth because I'm interested in the viewpoint about what happened there. Um, that's, a, that's a good story. Look, guys, I'm, I'm grateful for um, the ability to create things that don't exist. So, you know, I'm an entrepreneur down to my DNA and that's what I'm doing over here, uh, updating some software bits. And just when you, you go through a week of struggle and then when you end up on the other side where what you're trying to create actually comes together, it actually makes the pain of the 100 hours of not working worth it. So I'm grateful for that ability to have the opportunity to create stuff. So that's highlighted to me this week. Fantastic. And don't forget, guys, if you want to call in during the show you can do by giving giving us a call on 3808 8101 or you can also message us via our Facebook page which is Business 101 Show. We'd love to hear from you and answer your questions. 
That is a great. Yeah, now, sorry, we're talking over each other. I've got just a microsecond of lag through the power of the internet. But um, Kerry, the show tonight is the power of no. Is that right? The art of saying no. Yes. I, I thought love this. It. What yeah. a great subject. Yeah, look, I think we all struggle with saying no sometimes, don't we? And it's normally uh, at the, uh, you know, we're, we're compromising on our own values or missing out on something else for ourselves. So we're going to have a chat about how you might be able to say no a little bit easier in Coach's Corner. Fantastic. Now, I think it'd be remiss of us. Um, obviously, people are still recovering from what happened with the flooding and some people are still very gravely affected. So I just wanted to quickly touch on Remember that there was a lot of information uh, given out and is it all right to do it in this spot? Kerry, pull me up if we want to wait for this bit. Um, obviously, Marie Adshead came on last week and told us that there's a lot of grants available through uh, the Queensland Government. So if you need to know where to go and get some information around that, you can always look up the QSBC, um, the Small Business Commissioner for Queensland, and that will bring up all the links in a Google search, which I think is the easiest one to do. And there is some good money available, especially for self-employed people, which again, wasn't so the case uh, given um, the COVID grants you know, a couple of years ago. So if you are struggling, please have a look at that because you don't have to go it alone. And there are, there is money on offer, especially to restock, rebuild, et cetera, et cetera. So there's some good things on offer right now. Yeah, and I think what's important to remember with these grants compared to other grants is that it's just about getting your application in by the due date. It's not necessarily that there's only X amount of dollars to be given out to X amount of businesses like previously. So if you get that application in and you meet the criteria and you're approved, then the money's there to take. And I think the Rider one, which is the loan, something like 250 k loan over 10 years, you've got until the end of 2023. Mm. Just, so it's quite interesting. Yeah, just on that, interesting, I, I saw uh, friends of mine uh, in Lismore, they live uh, in Lismore oh. and everything that's been happening down there, right? Sure. Um, someone took the initiative and created a list of contacts for those areas, right? Now, we're yep. d I'm just having a look, look at it now. So there is a disaster recovery payment. There is a disaster recovery allowance. St. Vincent de Paul have a, a $2,000 to $3,000 um, grant available for families. There's a Red Cross Relief Grant, the Salvos Hardship Grant, the New South Wales Disaster Relief Grant, New South Wales Rent Support Scheme, register for an emergency accommodation list. This lady, or this person, I'm not too sure who it is, put it all together. It has got, for the areas, um, for the, for those people that are in the Lismore Ballina areas, there is the websites, there is all the contact details and things like that, and that is what they're doing to help in their local area. And I just thought that wow, how good is that? Yeah, it's so a good, good idea because sometimes there's so much that's put out that you just can't get your head around where it's all at and where you've got to go to. So having a list of where everything's available is a great idea. That's right, and don't forget you can download the app. Uh, from the Queensland uh, government is download the Small Business Disaster Hub and that will actually give you links to all the grants as well. So have a look for the Small Business Disaster Hub in your Play Store and that also links back through to the federal grants and state grants. So you don't even have to know where to go. You just need to take one step and everything else will fall in behind it. Okay, and with, uh, well, we've got a busy night ahead of us. Um, we're going to have a lot of chat, a lot of talk. We've got Coach's Corners coming up. Stick around. You're listening to the Business 101 Show. Hi, it's Mindy Russell. I'm the Division 3 Councillor for Logan City Council. You're listening to the Business 101 Show with Coach Nikki, Kerry and Mel 
on your local radio station, Logan's 101FM. You're listening to the Business 101 show with Coach Nikki and Digital Coach Kerry. We're back talking about everything in business. Nikki, what did you want to have a chat about this week? Oh, look, it's not every day you get to wake up in the middle of an earthquake after tremor, but that's exactly what happened to me this morning at five o'clock. I've, I've had a bit of a rough night. The hotel, I'm saying, it was a bit raucous and noisy last night, so I was in a bit of a, a poopy mood. Got woken up a couple of times, got to bed nice and early, and then got woken up a couple of times. So I was a bit sort of, you know, angry, sort of old man syndrome. And then about five past five, I, I remember just being shaken, and I remember thinking to myself, what is that? And it was actually the aftershock of, a, of an earthquake that happened uh, offshore in the Philippines trench at about five past five this morning. So it's not every day you get to um, be woken up that way. And I jumped up, I'm sitting on my bed and my brain's going, oh, that's an earthquake. Uh, you've got to go, grab your go bag and go. I, guys, what's a go bag? I don't have a go bag. <laughs> Is it something you're supposed to have set up when you're over there? <laughs> it's just funny how your brain just goes into this immediate survival mode. And I'm sitting there watching my shirt sort of swing back and forth on the on the curtain rod, on the rod, you know, the hanger, I'm going, hmm. But look, it's not the first time I've been caught up in this. I mean, last time when the big earthquake hit here that tragically killed some people when that supermarket collapsed, uh, we were just about to touch down on the runway with the wheels and our jet had to um, power on to take off. So it is quite common in this part of the world. But of course, being an Aussie, we're not that used to earthquakes and tremors. So that was a little bit uncomfortable today. So I just wanted to share that because it's not every day you get to be shaken awake by Mother Nature. So that was my alarm it, clock this morning, Kerry. Is it the same as like get down low and go, go, go? Like what is the actual format? Oh, I had everything going through my head. My, my brain's going, <laughs> look for a doorway. <laughs> and and then went, do you start and, to wonder if any of that's true? Like is that... And the doors does, closed. So oh. I thought, do I open the door? And I'm going, but I'm in my undies. Like do I get dressed first? Like all these questions... <laughs> That you never thought you had to think about, and then I mean, you know, it's tra- you know, emergencies are tragic if you're caught up in something that's life-threatening. But obviously, mine wasn't. So, but it was just funny to think back on how my brain worked and what I thought about, and and all those sorts of things. So, it's probably yeah. a little bit similar to what our business owners have been feeling like for the last two years, having to pivot and make decisions, and not really having clear understanding of the direction that they need to go. Hundred percent, the trauma of you know the daily press release and getting through the pandemic and. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if it's one thing we're good at as business owners, it's rolling with the punches, right, and trying to find the best way forward and make things happen. That's the thing that surprised me a little bit. You know, there's there's been a hell of a lot of um, whinging about the government's response to this disaster, both state and federally. And one thing I learned back in 2011 was the government is not going to save you. Like, if you want stuff to happen, you've got to make it happen yourself. And I don't really get – I get the decimation that's happened on a large scale – and people do need the government to step in and have some schemes and things because this is greater than any one person. But at the end of the day, it's on you and you've got to make stuff happen. And then the government's going to backfill that, which is what's starting to happen now. So I was really surprised at the level of anger that came out of people over the last couple of weeks. Because that's one thing the 2011 survivors, I think, have sort of learnt and gone, yeah, we know we've got to start it ourselves and then the mud army will come and then the government support will come. So... Well, I saw that there was another big response to the Mud Army over the weekend as well. So that I think definitely the um, the coordination of the Mud Army this time feels really organised and really good to go in there and help those businesses out. But I know myself, yeah. I just made the drive between Beanley and Logan Village to go out to lunch on Sunday. And it's really kind of ironic to drive out along these roads and realise that we would have been completely underwater in our cars. You know, it was two cars high out there. 
Um, mm. So much water. It's really, really hard to comprehend that um, all of that was underwater. Well, even I watched a YouTube video today or Facebook video of somebody getting rescued in their house at Rosa Lee Ashgrove. I mean, it's just unheard of what happened, isn't it? But again, it, it's, I think we have to be making things happen ourselves. And yes, we need a hand up and assistance. But like, like business, we have to make everything happen and we just do it. But Kerry, you had a, a quite a sad story um, about one of your friends in business who had just all got too much for her. And when the government ordered that close down last Friday, uh, yeah. that was just the straw that broke her. And when that's it, she just cannot face another reason for people to stay away. Yeah, look, it was really sad. I think um, she's had to deal with the, the lockdowns and the closures. A cafe, you know, that's been the world that suffered the most and yep. mandated and everything else. And it was the announcement that came from the Premier. It was, uh, was it after the floods where she decided there was another event coming and that all the yeah, schools the were going to be closed? Let's yep. close all the schools. From the moment that announcement was made, her business was, uh, there was nothing. There was no business. All the businesses around her closed up and went home and that is her income. And there was going to be nothing the next day. And she just, she really felt like she was in this position where she's got no control anymore. No control at all. And for a business owner, as you know, Nikki, that's hard. We're business owners because we like to have control over what's going on. Control our own well, that's destiny. What, that's what we learned at COVID, wasn't it? We had zero control over if, if the government mandated you to, to close or, I mean, even with the vaccine mandates, you know, mandated you, you must have a vaccine. Never before have we really experienced not living through any world wars where the government of the day could actually tell you what to do. That's That was a new experience for me as a business owner. Yeah, and I think and even... And I've got to say, I didn't like it. No, and I think for her, she was quite happy to comply through everything with COVID and, you know, understood all of that. But now it was kind of like, hang on, now you're going to close because of the weather? Like, when mm. does it stop? She just was not sure... You know, she's never going to be in control of when she can and can't be open anymore. And with all the extra pressures that comes from still having to pay the same amount of rent, it's not like her her landlord says, oh, we'll drop a day and a half rent. She, all the expenses are still there, but the income and the, the trade is not there for her. So she and they made the decision that that was the icing on the cake and uh, she closed mm. up shop. Well, make sure you rally around her. She's going to need a lot of support from her family and friends and maybe even some professional help there. So Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good here. Now, look, talking about the cost and impost of business, um, I, one thing you can't get away from, no matter where you are in the world, is the cost of oil and petrol. Uh, I know we're going to touch on this later, but even here in the Philippines, petrol is more expensive than it is in Australia. Now, Australia is you know, pretty expensive, but here it already hit $2 a litre last week for normal petrol. Now, when you think about that, the average um, bus ride is $0.35, cents, and they're paying $2 a litre. That just puts it into perspective of, wow, cost of operation just on transport and goods. So, And I do know that we received in um, Brisbane today, one of the freight networks said that their fuel levy is 22% on top of the base rate. I'm used to sixes and nines. I'm not used to 22. So it's it's interesting, isn't it? Where's it going to go? Yeah, look, and I think, I mean, I just filled out my car this afternoon. As you know, Nikki, I drive a little Suzuki Swift, so she's pretty good on the fuel. I nearly hit $100 with my 41 litres that I had to put into it today. And, and uh, Suzuki Swift? That was Are a you bit, joking? That was a bit of a shock, $94 to fill my Swifty up. It, it is scary. And, of course, um, you know, you, you're talking diesels even more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a scary, scary thing at the moment. 
Yeah, and I've always been one of those people that puts the you know the extra good petrol in it. You know the the, the ninety eight or, and uh, now I'm starting to think whether that's the case. I should go that maybe I go to the medium one instead. Well, that's all that goes in my Kia Stinger is the the premium, but yeah. um, you know it's it's not cheap. And it was expensive before the, the price hike. I had a quick Google around going, trying to understand it. And you've probably already looked at this, Kerry. Uh, but in 2020, the average price of oil barrel was 39.68, 2021, 68.17, and 2022, 91.68. So what's that? 210, 220% increase. Um, that just puts it into perspective of what's going on. And the other interesting side bit of that is because of the war in Russia, that's exactly what's happening to the wheat price as well. Mm. It's actually up by the same amount. So you've got an average increase year on year of 62% and it's the same that wheat's up at the moment. So what's that going to do for business input costs? What does that do to your retailing price? And have you made the decision yet in the business that we're going to absorb it or we're going to pass on the cost? I'm going to tell you right now, there is no way that you're going to be able to absorb the price increase. You have to put up your prices. And the sooner that you do it, the better off you'll be in the long run. So do not delay and put your prices straight up as those costs hit you. Yeah, well, I saw that Uber made an announcement today about adding a fuel, a fuel costing to all of their trips. Because wow. and of course you mentioned wheat. Russia is the largest producer of wheat in the world. The Ukraine is number five. Australia is in there somewhere. And with the fuel costs that are going up now, wh- how does that going to impact um, you know the rural, the farmer? And of course, you know people go, oh, the farmers. You know, when the farmers are doing well, Australia is doing well. And it doesn't yep. matter. You know, and there are some. Then they actually well, we we say farmers, but they are actually small, medium, and some of them are very large businesses. Well, on that wheat, Mel, Australia produces just 3% of the world's wheat, 3%. That's about 25 million tonnes. Of course, I've just Googled it. But we account for 10 to 15% of the world's 100 million tonne annual global wheat trade. So the differential there, I'm not quite sure of, but really we're insignificant when it comes to overall production. So that's why, because I was thinking whether it's an opportunity for the Australian producers, but obviously we're not in the game in a big enough way to still get a bounce, but... You know, I think the pain is going to be far worse on our domestic level than the benefit we can derive in the international export level. So, mm. and I, I do yeah, know, I do know, Nikki, that uh, in some of the the colder countries, um, yeah, colder areas, particularly in Europe, throughout Europe, uh, you talk about the the cost of fuel, the um, where they uh, heat their homes with oil, the price of yep. that has gone up 300 percent. In it's jumping up weeks, every week it's jumping up. Um, until you're going to get to a stage where uh, you know, in the in the colder areas, the the countries where they need to heat their homes for people just to to live, uh, the impact of um, you know economically, uh, you know, the prices of oil going up and and it's just going to uh, devastate a lot a lot of people. Well, it's the same with the heating, and then you, you look at obviously if you go into the power realm because what you run the costs on. Um, I was having a coffee with the owner of the hotel I'm staying at here because an expat. Um, Dutch guy and he was saying that his power bill has increased by 20% so his monthly power bill at the hotel is now $80,000 per month for the hotel we're staying in a I think this is a 250 room hotel it's a resort so can you imagine you've got not only price increases in your um, what do you call it services uh, what do you call the power and the utilities utilities yeah. uh, you've got Price increase in all the cost of goods incoming because your cost of freight, everything's freighted, has gone up. And we can't get staff. We're facing a staff shortage. The cost of labour has been pushed through the roof. I mean, $50 for baristas, et cetera. Like, I mean, good on baristas because not enough of them, but 
there's got to come a point where some people just go, I simply just cannot make a buck out of this. I'm done. So it, it's interesting, isn't it? On top of the two years we've had as business people with all the cost inputs, I'm really not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I actually really worry about my tribe and I go, it, it might just be the last thing like your friend, Kerry, where the, the, the last drop in the bucket that just makes people go, I'm done. I just can't see the point. Yeah, absolutely. Business is hard, full stop, yeah. let alone adding all these additional challenges and so many of them at once, COVID and floods and prices and yeah. petrol. And, and like, we, come on. But I think... I think it's important that we um, talk about this openly. I know we've got to get to a break, but you don't have to just keep going. You can say no. I know that's going to be your coach's corner, uh, not in that context. But what I'm saying is, of course, we normally we soldier on and we suck it up and we get on with it. But if you get, you've got to know what your point is and you've got to know why you're doing something. And as a business owner, if you reach your point and you're not meeting your why of the purpose of why you're doing your business, there is actually just as much good that can come from you taking an active role in the decision-making of I'm closing, I'm ceasing to trade, as there is to knuckle down, batten the hatches and battle through. Because sometimes you are flogging a dead horse and this is where you need to know your numbers. You need to have a good conversation with your accountant and your advisor or your coach. But I've got to say, I look, my gut, I mean, I wouldn't know, but I'd say my gut's going to see at least 15% of people pull the pin and walk away. That's what I'm, what I'm thinking. 15 out of 100 businesses are going to fold, and that's probably really conservative. And I think that uh, at, you, know, you talk about uh, the changes. It may be an opportunity if people that are in business, um, if they need to be around like-minded people, this is where the mm. chambers locally here can, can help them. And Kerry, I know you're all over that. Yeah, look, we I mean, the Benley Yatley Chamber of Commerce has their uh, monthly breakfast coming up this Friday, which is Friday the 18th, and it is at Club Beanley. So if you uh, are looking for somewhere where you can uh, catch up with some other local businesses and, and really just find out that, uh, you know, a lot of people are in the same position that you are, and sometimes just having that cup of coffee and a bit of a chat makes all the difference. And I know from uh, the last um, uh, meeting, uh, catching up with um, with Lynn. Yep. Uh, she's uh, from uh, Barbecues. Barbecues to you. To you. Uh, yep. She's taken on a, a new job, uh, a new location at the Logan Village RSL. Small business having a crack, mm-hmm. having a go. Uh, went down there um, and actually discovered some things, particularly because I'm, you know, my dad's a, a Vietnam vet. The RSL and also Anzac Day is is very um, important to me and my family. And I know it is to a lot of other people as well, but they've got a fundraising event and we're going to touch on that a little bit later on. But I wouldn't have known that mm. if I hadn't have, um, yeah, you met someone, go and, and investigate things a little bit more and that networking and, and association. So it's good. Yeah, absolutely. It's also okay. You don't have to be a performing circus monkey. It's okay to go to one of these events and if you're really struggling, it's okay if someone says, how are you? It's okay for you to say, you know what, I'm really struggling. Mm. Because it, it, these functions aren't just a, an inflated BS session. They're actually, Kerry, I know your groups. It's like if you went to Kerry's group at the Ben the Yatler and you, you know, someone said to you, how are you? And say, look, I'm really struggling. You would get nothing but constructive, active listening. Um, and then if there is something that can be said that would possibly help you, I'm sure that would be forthcoming. So I think it's important for people not to feel like, because we're very good at playing the sort of saving face game in Australian business. 
but it, you have to get down to the real things that's going on in your life. And it's okay, you've got to choose someone to be real with. And a Chamber of Commerce is a very safe space to do that. You might have to keep performing Circus Monkey up to your customers to you know keep things going over here, spin the plates, as I like to say. But you've got to be real with some people to actually recharge your battery and, and fill up your own bucket. So Chamber of Commerce is the place to do that. And of course, uh, if businesses in the, the Logan area want to get in touch with us because we have the business hot seat and that is where we give you an opportunity to be interviewed by the coaches find out a little bit more we do have an opportunity for you head to our website that is at business101show.com.au click on the be a guest on the show tab fill out the form and we look forward to talking to you. Now, we know a couple of businesses have already done that this the last few days. Uh, Kerry's been actively involved and got in touch with them. They're filling out their forms to come back. And in the future weeks, uh, they're going to be here in the hot seat with you and Nikki. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a business owner in the Logan area, there's opportunities for you to uh, come and be put in the hot seat at the Business 101 show. And uh, you should really take advantage of that. Okay. So don't forget... Coming up very soon, we're going to be having a Coach's Corner plus a lot, lot more. This is the Business 101 Show. Logan Southside Flower Market is open Monday to Saturday, 7am to 4pm. Southside Flower Market is where you buy the freshest, longest lasting, farm sized bunches of flowers, potted plants and dried arrangements. Create your own special flower bunches or choose from their beautiful pre-made bouquets. Call in or shop online and every flower delivery comes with a bonus $10 in-store voucher. And remember, Saturdays are market day at station sponsor Southside Flower Market, just off the M1, Carlisle Street, Slacks Creek. It's Jeff Jaravid from Cassie.co. You are listening to Business 101 Show with Coach Nikki on your local radio station, Logan's 101 FM. Coach's Corner. If you know me, you know I love to read books. And before I start on my Coach's Corner, what I want to tell you is that I've been a, an avid Kindle user for a number of years now. But Kindle has had a bit of an upgrade recently where if you link it with an Audible account and you are also listening to the same book over Kindle and Audible, it will sync together, meaning I can be sitting at home in my lounge room reading my Kindle and I'm up to page 54. And when I jump in the car and listen to the same book on Audible, it will skip to page 54 and start reading from there. So it has changed my world because I spent so much time flicking through things going, oh, no, I've read that bit. I need to get to the next bit. So good on so many levels. Oh, my God. You know, I love this digital stuff. So uh, that is my my book that I've been reading in the last week. is called The Art of Saying No, which you and I know, Nikki, I need a little bit of advice on. Yeah. I'm a bit of a yes person. So I thought I would share what I've come across in this book. Now, did you know um, the number one way to actually improve your productivity is to say no more often? Um, you know, respectfully saying no to doing something for one hour or for somebody else gives you an hour to do something that you want to do or need to do. But it's so hard to say no. And I think what I've learned from reading this book is it's actually, we're actually conditioned to, to be afraid of the word no for most of our lives. You know, when we're a kid, you know, oh, mum, can I have a lolly? No. Can I go and hang out with my friends at 10 o'clock at night? No. So there's some real negative connotation around the word no. And we carry that with us. Um, you know, our parents and our teachers, there was always this negative feedback around the word no. So when we started our careers, we started saying yes to everything, don't we? We sort of, we say yes to every opportunity. Anything to help us grow, anything to help us learn. We say yes to going to extra, you know, lectures at uni. 
yes to doing work experience, yes to doing all of these things, but we've never really art learnt the art of saying no and it not being a positive, not being a negative thing, but actually being a positive thing. So how do we say no? It's not always something that comes easily and it certainly doesn't come easy for me. I'm a real yes person, unfortunately. And you may have to work on it. So I thought that we cover some of the facts. And this book is actually a fantastic read if you're looking for, for something. So The Art of Saying No by Damon Zarius. And I do apologize if I've pronounced that wrong, but it is a great book. Um, so the first point that I'll bring up is that saying no to others so that you can focus on your needs is not selfish. A lot of the times we, we think if we say no to somebody, we're being really selfish when we just think about ourselves, and that is not the case. Um, in fact, if you say no to people, you will have more time to be generous when the need right, uh, comes across it. Number two is saying no for the right reasons will actually strengthen, not damage relationships. So we're always afraid to let people down and damage those relationships, but saying no for the right reasons can actually strengthen those relationships. And the third thing is when I say yes, just to please other people, I'm saying no to something that I value because essentially time is something you can't get back. Time is something that once it's gone and it's used up, it's done. So saying no increases your generosity because if you say yes to anyone and anything, you'll actually have no time to focus on your needs and you start to feel very stressed and frustrated and overwhelmed and then you get bitter towards the people who have asked you to do things. Have you ever had that before, Nikki, where you've taken on something and you found it all a little bit too much and you start to resent the people that you're sort of doing that for? Oh, absolutely. Um, there is so much power in saying no, and you're so right. We are so conditioned to say yes because yes equals friendly and cooperative, whereas no equals withdrawn and uncooperative. So if you're still trying to establish your own identity and you're still getting a handle of your own mindset, then you will go to the yes person syndrome more often. Um, but once you learn that power of you actually don't have to say yes, because really deep down, I think we say yes, because we don't want people not to like us. So we'll so be true. more agreeable so that we can keep this facade of people love me routine going in our own heads to flatter ourselves, which is what I used to do a lot. But I got more comfortable because I just don't have enough time and I'm not a good enough time manager to do 17 things at once. I was like, I'll never forget, Kerry, it was my sister-in-law who said to me, you actually need to say no and be more selfish. And that's when I was falling apart at the seams after the floods. And she just goes, you just need to just say no. You, you say yes to too many people. You help too many people. You just need to say no. Absolutely. And, and that was you, actually the point. If you wanted to do a bit of experiment as to, you know, how much of a difference this kind of thing can make in your life is just starting tomorrow, rather than waking up and saying yes to jumping onto your email and answering your emails first up, why don't you just take that first hour of the day to actually go for a walk, sit down, do a bit of meditation, have some time for yourself, get your mind really clear on what you're going to do for that day and have that space to yourself. And that one hour of selfishness, if that's what you want to call it, first up in the day can make so much difference to the rest of your day. You're living proof of that. I mean, you've dropped, what, almost 10 kegs now and you're uh, being healthier for yeah. this year. And you've started that this year with the first hour, however long it is, that's yours. Yep all about me so it's and it is as you know as the book will attest it's a, a way of being able to give more generously because you feel like you've already given to yourself so you're ready to do that the other one was saying no for the right reasons strengthens your relationships as humans so true yeah it, it, i mean imagine, imagine as a wife kerry like if you actually said no to ben more often on the things that just annoy you yeah 
And that would actually then cause the difficult conversation around what it was that actually bugged you. Once you got through that and out the other side, you would actually have a stronger relationship. Ben would be happier because he would understand you more and you would get more of the action or reaction that you wanted rather than just being, okay, that's fine, and then stewing about it afterwards. Yeah, that's true. But it takes courage to say no. It does. And what's interesting is that as humans, we value things that are hard to obtain. So if your friends and co-workers know that you don't give freely of your time, that your time is valuable, when you do give your time over, they're so much more appreciative and value it so much more. We tend to put little value on our own time. So by saying, look, I really can't do that, or it's not, you know, I'm not going to be able to fit it in today, um, it can make all the difference to people people's perception of the value of your time as well and the same thing with accessibility the harder the the more difficult it is to access you the higher the price you can command so in the coaching world the harder you are to get access to the more your fee is the easier access you have to a coach the cheaper they have to put their fee at so i mean we've all got those people in our networks that will do absolutely everything for anybody but at the end of the day the businesses are probably struggling they're burnt out and probably semi-depressed and really the, the secret to that whole breaking that cycle is actually for them to put themselves first and think about what is it that I need first and then you can show up for everybody else. But it sort of almost feels counterintuitive. That's why this is such a good book, Kerry, out of saying no. It's yeah. such a key point. If they don't if, if our tribe if you don't do anything else for the year, if you learn how to say no the right way, um, you will definitely get better results than you would have just being a people pleaser or a yes person if you ca- consider yourself that. Because let me tell you, doormats finish last and it's not very nice being the doormat. So true. And the last point there was every yes is a no to something that you value. So a really good visual Ooh, to help you is to think about before you say yes to something that's time consuming, something's going to take up your time, Think about the faces of those family members and friends that you might have to say no to because that could be what you're sacrificing is time with your family to go and do something else for somebody else. Or maybe it's just simply that that project or job that you were supposed to do for your business is going to sit there still undone and the customer may be unsatisfied with that. So, Mm. uh, you know, or visualise yourself in a week's time when you're all stressed out and burnt out because you didn't leave enough time for you to get the things that you needed to get done. You gave too much of your time to other people. So some little visualisation tricks there can really help with you as well. But it's not easy to say no. So I thought the book has 14 tips on learning how to say no. But I just thought I'd pull out three of them that sort of really resonated with me um, to help those of you who might be in the same position that I am that struggle to say no. So the first point is be direct. So when somebody asks you to do something or to help out, rather than saying, look, I don't really have the time to help you or I don't have the time to do that. That kind of feels really deflated, doesn't it? It doesn't feel nice to say that. But if you were to say something along the lines of, look, I really don't have the time to do that because I'm currently working on another project that's due tomorrow. So you're kind of like giving the whole story and the other person's a lot more accepting of it and you know that you're, you're putting that time elsewhere. So it makes it a little bit easier to say no. The second tip that I'll give you is to offer an alternative uh, you know what, Nikki, I'd love to be able to help you out, but I'm really strapped for time this week. But I do know my friend John, who would probably really love to help you out as well. Are you happy for me to give you his number? So we say this often on this show. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Building the tribe of people around you and the networks that you know will give you the freedom to be able to pass things on if you need to. Um, replacing no with another word was another one which I thought was really uh, 
clever. So they give the example here of, um, I can't commit to that right now because I'm focused on a high priority project. Now, doesn't that sound a lot more positive than, oh, sorry, I just can't do that? You know, even the tone of my voice, as I say, those two phrases is completely, completely different. And, you know, I'd like to help you, but I'm swamped with work this week. Is there any chance we can make it for the end of the month? So moving it to another time. It's a little bit of change in language there. So essentially, you're not really saying, you know, you're saying no for right now, but it could be down the track. Nikki, any tips on that? You actually just made me think. Um, I've actually just had to say no to my best friend on that finance uh, gig that I got pitched because the reality of it is I don't have time to devote the attention I need to. And I was just reflecting that I anguished over saying no because this is the best friend, my best friend in the whole world, and I know I've got the right skill sets. I know I could get them further ahead quicker. Uh, but I, I came to the realisation last week where I actually had to come up late to the party pull the pin on the project and, and say this is the reason why. But had I been truthful to myself at the start with it, I would have already flagged that at the end of last year. So you're really just putting off the inevitable and you'll end up in quicksand if you don't just have the courage to take the decision. So there is real power in saying, no, it doesn't mean that you're any less amicable or that you're not a nice friend or you have to be realistic about what are the priorities, uh, what do you want to do? And you're actually letting people down by saying yes if you can't really deliver or you don't mean it. So I've actually let my friend down by two months by not being really clear in myself of what I can and can't take on. Yeah, that's interesting. Sorry, that's what that's what I was thinking when you're talking about. Oh my, OMG, this hmm. has just happened to me. This exact thing, and this is not a scripted thing. Kerry and I have worked out off air. No. This is like this, this is real. Like the live labs on. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, when I read the book, and um, for me, they said, you know, you get to that point where you're stressed and overwhelmed, and you start to resent the people who you're doing the whatever you're doing for. I was like, oh my god, yes, that's me. That's exactly you know how you, me. You know how you tell, Kerry? If when you get the email or the message on you know, WhatsApp or whatever, and if you are scared to open it, and if it gives you that dread, that feeling of dread when you see the message pop in, you know that you've committed to something that you are actually not committed to. <laughs> oh, okay? yeah. So if you, and you, you can't pick that reaction. It's instant. The listeners Sorry, don't know, but I'm, I'm nodding my head in total agreement with you here. <laughs> we all have that message that comes through. It doesn't matter whether it's to our phone or via messenger. If it comes from a particular person or a particular group, we just go, oh, I won't open that now. I'll open it later. You know, we're trying yep. to avoid um, having to get any more work done. So, yeah. So, a very powerful book. I'm halfway through it. There's 14 tips, but it's just the way that it's actually written. Um, and as I said, you can have the audible uh, of it as well. And um, you can go through, and I know you've been reading one as well, Nikki. It's something very similar. I am, this leads on from this, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I've only read one book from cover to cover in the last four years. Let that sink in. I'm mm. supposed to be an oracle of knowledge and learning and you know being a coach, but I struggle to read books. I'm, I'm sure I'm probably ADHD, never been diagnosed, I don't know. But the book that I've finally read while I've been away is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, an mm. F. Um, it's a very blunt title, but I think that's what attracted it attracted me to it because I thought, oh, there should be some really simple things in here. And it, it it sort of leads on from that whole thing of being selfish and saying no to achieve a better result. But it's also about make sure you're really clear on what you care about and what you put value in. And don't it's not don't sweat the small stuff because that's been done to death, you know, 10 years ago. But that is another really good follow-up book. So if you read the book that Kerry's um, talked about, Art of Saying No, because that's a skill we all need to learn. Hey, Mel, how good are you at saying no? No, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. No, I'm, I'm shocking. <laughs> it's not good. Mel's a club champion. You know, he cooked every barbecue at a netball 
tuck shop for about 20 years. Like this man just gives himself so much. I reckon it'd be quite hard for Mel to say no to. It's something that doesn't come naturally to us because if you're a giver or, you know, you work well, then yeah, what do you do? But so there's the book too. So that's the one I've just finished, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Manson. Um, and yes, it's a controversial title, but definitely a good read if you just want some clarity on what you're assessing and what you're feeling and thinking about things. So yeah, two good books this week in a great coach's corner. Well done. And that uh, is uh, very, very uh, interesting stuff. Well, this is the Business One and One Show. Uh, we're going to have a, a quick break, a couple of ads that we need to play, and we'll be back to wrap things up. Now you can listen when it suits you to the cut-down version of the Business 101 Show live podcast. Find the Business 101 Show on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and all other major listening platforms. Take us with you to the gym for a walk or a bike ride. Click the link on our Facebook post or visit the show page. Also available on anchor.fm. There's more Business 101 show to go. Don't, don't touch that dial. Coach Nikki will be right back after this. It's time for this week's Nikkiism. Yo, a Nikki what? What's a Nikkiism? Nikkiism, a strategy and or saying that Nikki says, which when used, will get you ahead faster. Hey, Coach Nikki, what's it going to be? Known unknown. Sort of sounds like a play on words, but if you accept this Nikkiism in your mind, it will set you free, which is the design of the Nikkiisms. I know that I don't know what's going to happen in the economy this year. It's a known unknown. I know that I don't really know what's going to happen in my business revenue line, depending on what happens in the broader economy. The known unknown really will set you free because if you don't obsess about the things that you don't know, but you pay attention to them, you will then be able to deal with the known unknowns as a fact. So if to try and explain it, if something is unknown to you, you may look at it with intrigue and mystery and it may unnerve you. But if you accept that it's a known unknown, you're actually dealing with it in a more factual and analytical way, more of like a process-driven approach. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I approach something from a process-driven point of view, I succeed really well normally because I can break it down into steps. I can methodically work through it. I can push off to the side things into my car park if I can't answer it straight away, and I'll go back to it, pick it up, solve it, and then drop it back into my process, and away we go. Known unknowns, they're around us all day, every day in our business life, personal life, parenting life, whatever life. But if you just accept it's a known unknown, you'll be able to label it, you'll be able to quantify it, and then you'll be able to deal with it in your process when you're ready to do so. And that will keep you moving forward and keep you out of stagnation. Yeah, known unknowns is a good one. Um, and if you're clear on that, it's going to be good. But look, that's a big show, guys. Um, so the, the, the power of saying no uh, is a really good one. Also, working out what it is you want to focus on is important as well. Make sure you don't have to battle on as a business owner tribe. If it's time to pull the pin, it's time to pull the pin. But make sure you get an objective outside view on that because you won't be emotionally fit to make that life-changing decision. And look, next week, Kerry, we've got a really cool dude coming on, Councillor Tony Hall. 
Yeah, we do. So next week it'll be awesome. Looking forward to seeing the tribe then. <laughs> it's been a big show. Catch you next week, my friend. You are responsible for yourself and your decisions. That was the Business 101 Show with your hosts, Coach Nikki, Digital Coach Kerry, and Logan's own Mal West. Want more hot seats, coaches corners, and Nikkiisms for catch-up podcasts and downloadable resources? Visit Business 101 Show at our website. Website business101show.com.au or on Facebook. Remember what Coach Nikki always says. Version 1 is better than version none. You've been listening to the Business 101 Show podcast as heard on Logan City's 101 FM on Monday nights. If you have a question on business or maybe you'd like to be interviewed on our show, get in touch. Email us info at business101show.com.au. That's info at business101show.com.au. We're on Instagram and Facebook too. You can find all those details at our website, business101show.com.au.